It's awesome to be here and uh, just during that last little song, God just said to me, go hard or go home. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we just stepped up a notch. <laughs> I've already done a service this morning. I've been over at East. I don't know, I'm directionally challenged, great at nutrition. I don't know if I'm north, south, east, west, but uh, I've been somewhere else. It was awesome. So I'm pumped and then I thought that one was pretty good. And when God says go hard or go home, I'm like, all right. Stage is set. So uh, who came to one of the sessions yesterday? Wow. Okay. And did someone learn? Did everyone learn something? Great. That's awesome. And is there anyone uh, who normally doesn't come to church but has come to church today because of yesterday? Fantastic. Welcome. 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 Wow. Okay. Great. So we've locked the doors. <laughs> you can't leave now. <laughs> I've got you in here. It's okay. It's all safe. Uh, look, I just want to take one minute to uh, honour uh, the team here. Uh, yesterday, uh, I was able to just walk in and do my thing and there is absolutely no way that I could have done what I did without John and Jan Graham, without Laura, and um, who's very pregnant, Steve, I don't know where Steve is, Crennan, and Jade Hannon, is Jade here? Now, these guys have been on calls. We've been, like, in the last month, weekly, but since January, February, we have been planning. I reckon Laura could set up an Olympic Games. This woman is so skilled. We had two pregnant women on their feet from 6 a.m. yesterday until, well, I went home before them, so I don't know what time they finished. I just want to honour you guys. You just literally opened the church for me to do my thing. And um, I, I, I laugh that the people making breakfast yesterday and serving all day were like our pastors in the other church this morning. I was like, okay, you served and were cooking all day and now you're leading your church. And so I want to honour you. And then like, we had a team of like 30 volunteers. I can't name you all. It didn't go unnoticed. Okay, it just didn't go unnoticed. I want to honour you and thank you. And we're going bigger next year because yesterday was awesome. It was a 12-hour day. I went to bed at Hopper State. I actually said to my husband, I cannot speak. I have nothing left. He's like, impossible. Jesus must be coming back. And I know. He did praise the Lord because I do events and then I talk for another four hours. Did you see that? Did you see that? And he's like, honey, just settle. <laughs> so a lot has happened. I think we were here about 12 months ago. And uh, the two biggest highlights of this last 12 months since we've seen you is Stu and I got to go over to uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California. Does everyone know Bethel Church? And uh, Stu got asked to be a mentor in a new business program through a branch of Bethel called Heaven in Business where they're mentoring businessmen. They flew in some of the best entrepreneurs and executives from around the world to mentor 29 new businesses starting. And so... Uh, he got to do that for the week and then they were like, well, what are we going to do with Kimberly? Because I was a tag along. So I got to hang with head of global prophetic and head of global teams. Uh, and I just literally sucked them dry. I was like, I am going to glean everything I can. But something incredible happened. Um, for the last 10 years, Stu has had chronic vertigo. We've only been married 10 years and um, only six weeks into our marriage, he got horrendous vertigo and he has had to live with that for our whole life. It has been vertigo that goes over backwards this way and this way and thumping in his ears and he hides it well but 
he hasn't been able to do anything. He couldn't mow lawns, he couldn't run, he couldn't... Um, we can't do anything, couldn't play cricket with the kids. It's been debilitating. And in the middle of a business session, not in the worship service, which had like the Bethel worship team and Bill Johnson in the front row and all of this great stuff, and in the middle of a business meeting where they were talking about cash flow and God over your business... Uh, the guy just stopped and said, I think there's people here that need healing and, and need to dump some things, leave some things here that they've been carrying. So he handed out a tissue, piece of tissue, um, a Kleenex, and we wrote on it the things that we wanted to get rid of. And then we took communion and we ripped up each other's bits of paper. And then he said, well, do something that you couldn't do before. And there was lots of things on our bits of paper that were more relationship things or financial things. And, but one of Stu's was vertigo. And he goes like this. Now, if he did that before, he would vomit. Like, we, we, he literally hadn't been able to move with it. And he goes, it's gone. And I'm like, what's gone? And, you know, we're in a business session. He's like, the vertigo. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, you have little faith. <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. And, um, and so suddenly he's doing star jumps. He's doing somersaults on the ground. Like, it's incredible. And completely healed. Like, gone. So uh, I know he still heals today. You know, I'm, we are so full of faith. Why then? Why did we have to wait 10 years? You know, we had prayed. We'd done three Daniel fasts of 40 days. We've anointed with oil. We've called the elders. We've sacked the elders. You know, we, you know we've tried everything. Your prayers don't work. You know, seriously, we've tried and we tried and then we've just been standing and then all of a sudden he's like, now, now. So um, I'm carrying that into this service today. We're going after healing. Um, but the other interesting, which is kind of a chuckle, is that only a couple of months ago in South Australia in the Riverland, they put up this massive circus tent over Easter and it's called the Miracle Healing Tent. And I got asked to be uh, the opening act, so to speak. So I got to open the healing tent. The only, and they never had a woman do it before. And it was fantastic. The only issue was four weeks before, I fractured my elbow. I landed on my elbow, fractured it badly, so I was in a sling. So I'm sitting in emergency thinking, right, broken arm, opening the healing tent. Right, so I'm like thinking, it's going to be interesting. Do I need to call the pastor and sort of say, hey, don't put me on this year? Because my head is going, okay, so when I give prophetic word and then open the altar for, feel, for healing, if I was sitting in that atmosphere, would I go? Would I go and get someone who's not healed pray for me? So I'm having this argument in Flinders, private, Flinders Public Hospital with God and God says to me, so it's all about you, is it? And who exactly is doing the tent? I was like, ouch. Okay, Lord, I'm going to suck it up. And people getting healed everywhere. And I still have a broken elbow. And I'm just like, I didn't get healed. And people did. We had a woman come out of ICU with the wristband. They gave her two hours leave pass. They carried her into the tent. They carried her up the front and sat her on a frame. Three of us prayed over her. And she got up and walked out of the tent. We went on a coffee break. We came back. She was on stage with the microphone testifying. And she went home. She's completely healed. And she's supposed to go back to ICU. 
And I'm like, okay, God, you're blowing my mind. I, you know, why aren't we seeing this in church? Why aren't we seeing this every day? So we've just carried back. We feel like we've shifted gear, not just shifted gear. I've shifted solar system, okay? So if it's okay with you, I'm going hard. But I am going home at 6 p.m., okay? So I don't care how long we pray today, but sooner or later someone has to drive me to the airport. So it's going to be messy. For those of you who have not heard me speak before, I actually don't come with a message. I'm not a preacher. I'm, I know who I am and I'm not a preacher and I'm not a teacher, so I'm not going to be pretend someone and do some fancy preach. It's not my gifting. I know that um, what God wants me to do is to just speak what he's told me to say and then just run. We'll just get out of here and <laughs> leave the rest for you. So how this works for those of you who have never heard me speak before is in the months, and I mean months, leading up to an event, I pray over the event yesterday, I pray over um, what I'm going to speak, what I've just done at the other campus now goes in the bin. I never reuse anything. It is for you today. Um, for, for God knew you were going to be in this session. So... Just to give you some context, um, how on earth do I stand up here saying I hear from God and I'm about to give you all these prophetic words? For those of you, most of you know my testimony, but in 2006, I had this profound experience with God. Um, I was a Christian, but I would go to church Easter and Christmas. And so I had, I knew who God was, I knew who Jesus was, but I absolutely had no relationship with them or conversation or any of that. And uh, I ended up, unfortunately, with uh, uh, contaminated snorkeling equipment in Hayman Island and ended up in uh, South Australian Major Hospital with mycoplasma pneumonia. And on the 6th of August 2006, I passed away in palliative care ward, uh, bed 2B, level B. And I know the bed well. I spent a lot of time there, but it was only my second night in hospital that as I passed away, Jesus came and appeared right next to me. And uh, I was brought up an Anglican, scared the living daylights out of me, seriously. Like, that doesn't happen to Anglicans. That happens to, like, the happy clappers and, like, the super Spiro Bethel people, but it doesn't happen to us Anglicans. And... Um, what it did was that oh, luckily I got a second chance. My children were only um, three and five and I've had 13 more years than I thought I was ever going to get. But what it did is set a trajectory for me to learn to hear his voice and speak his word. And I love what I did yesterday. Um, that's just using my God-given talents for yesterday. But today, this is 100% God. You need to get your eyes off of me. This is nothing of me. This is just my prayer life hearing. And this is what I absolutely love. If I could do this 24-7, I would walk from every other area of my life. So um, what he has said to me for this session is he has six uh, areas that he wants me to minister into, all with the covering of one question. The question is, why not you? Why not today? Why not right now? Okay, why not you? Why not today? Why not right now? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over six points which he is speaking to me about and we're going to apply that over it. 
Now, in each of these six sections, I have prophetic word, which we're going to do with as we go along. And then what we'll do is at the very end, um, I'm going to give just some non-specific, like uh, just for a group, prophetic words. And then we're going to have the worship team back and we'll have some prayer and stay as long as we want. If you don't have a prophetic word, it does not mean that God loves you less. It just means right now, today, he has some business. Same that in Bethel Church, he had some business with Stu. He didn't have business with me that day. I don't know why, but that's okay. So it doesn't mean you're less loved. You can welcome to come up and ask for prayer for anything as well. So to understand prophetic word, they're meant in love. They're meant to build you up. They're meant to bring revelation. They're meant to challenge you but not to condemn you. Some of these words are firm, but it's not for God to push you away. It's for God to pull you closer, to say, I know you, and I have to say some things. Sometimes that are a bit tough as parents, right? We, we have to have some tough love, but it's because I love you. I want you closer. And some of you today need to know that he is real and he is alive. I know what that is like in the eight of our 10 years, we have been through so much and there are so many times I went to church going, God, just single me out today. I just need to know that you know. I don't need you to fix everything. I just need you to touch me in some way and I think that'll just be enough to get me going. Make sense to people? Agreed? So just to give you some teaching around the prophetic, because this may be very new for you. There's two or three things I want to share with you. To be prophetic means to be God's mouthpiece, just to speak from God's perspective. Now, most of the words that we have in the prophetic are uh, foretelling, which means something's going to happen in the future. And so lots of us already know things, we've had words before, or God's shared stuff with us and it hasn't yet happened. So a prophetic word is meant to confirm what you already know, or you say, thanks for sharing, I'm going to put it to one side on the shelf, and when that happens, I'll know it's God, because I've had the word and then it's happened. So sometimes you've got to say, thanks for sharing. Uh, and I'll give you an, an example. In Acts 11.28, Agabus speaks prophetically about a famine that's going to take place worldwide. And then it happens a few years later. The scripture says one of them named Agabus stood up and began to indicate by the spirit that there would certainly be a great famine all over the world. And then this took place in the reign of Claudius years later. That's a prophetic word. There's another form of prophetic which is foretelling and this is really about causing the future or speaking forth the heart and word of God for you right now. And it's just things that God wants to speak to you right now about because it's really important for then things in the future. Now I'll give you an example of that. Uh, in Ezekiel 37, 1.10, God instructs the prophet Ezekiel to prophesy to dead bones and they become a mighty army. He just didn't tell the future. He then caused the future. So we've got those. Now then the way that where I tend to operate in mainly is to bring prophetic, is to bring revelation where there is no revelation. Now what do I mean? In 2 Peter 1.19 it says, and we have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture ever comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke as oracles from God. 
And here's the clincher. A lamp shining in a dark place is the bringing of revelation to the heart that has not got that revelation. It will confirm in your spirit, in your soul. So I say you don't know that you don't know, but when someone speaks something that is truth to you, it rings in your spirit. You know you respond. You say, yes, Lord, that's me. So... This is about activation. So the more you participate and go, yes, me, I just believe the more that you're going to get from it. So remember, why not you? Why not today? Why not now? The first one I'm going to declare is I am healed. Why not you? Why not today? Why not right now at 11.01? Why not be healed? The Lord wants me to remind you about healing and what the Bible says around healing. Remember, there was no disease, no illness, no pain, no infirmity in heaven. None. Why? Just couldn't stand in the presence of God. So if we have the gift, the Holy Spirit here with us, then why is it still standing in this room? We just need to step into this. Here's some scriptures. 1 Peter 2, 24, Christ bore my sins in his own body on the cross and I am healed by his stripes. I'm just going to start speaking these scriptures over you. Psalm 103, verse 3, God forgave all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed... You can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. Do you reckon today you could give me that much? Could you just give me a mustard seed? I know my God. I know he heals. So I don't expect you to have ridiculous faith. Let's just, let's just give me something. Matthew 9, 22. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Now, Stu and I know what it looks like to wait. To stand, you might have been standing for a really long time. And I was talking about it with Pastor John last night. Why don't we just go be healed to that person in the wheelchair or that person with one leg, grow another leg, that person who's blind, be seen, you know, we so much care and love for people, don't we? I say, I think that's what it is. I think I love people so much. I don't want to build their hopes up. You know, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to see them not healed. Can you imagine how God feels about that person? Can you imagine if we feel that? Enough. We are just gatekeepers when we're behaving like that. So today... As I said, I'm going hard or going home. I want to ask right now, how many people in this room has a disease, has an illness, has a pain, has an infirmity, has something? He cares about your sinus. He cared about his vertigo, right? People wait for prayer till it's cancer, until it's a blocked artery. He cares about your hay fever. He cares about your aching feet. He cares about your sciatica. So I reckon we go hard or we go home. So let's stand up if you've got something in your body and you want it healed. Don't be afraid. Headaches, neck pain, arthritis, diabetes. 
Wow. Okay. You don't have to do anything. Now, we'll just add while you're standing, there's five other ones that God has specifically spoken to me about in the area of healing. Someone you've been putting up with pain in your back. The pain is to do with discs and nerves being crushed, referring pain through your back and down your legs. Today, healed. Is that anyone? Can you... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. Be healed in the name of Jesus. God said those discs be healed. Those ligament and tendons be healed. That sciatica. You come under the name of Jesus Christ right now. You leave, you be healed. I speak complete creative miracle that you leave here today and that is healed in Jesus' name. There's someone who's carrying a heavy burden in your heart and it's for a sick child. You um, have had to battle and battle for this child and you still don't have a breakthrough. Who's that? One, two, two. Now, Father, Father, those children we hand to the altar right now, to the altar. Lord, we need a breakthrough. We ask for mercy for both our sisters. Mercy, mercy over this situation. We speak medical intervention, just heavenly medical intervention that these situations change right now. This week, they declare that their children have changed. This week, whatever it is in their life shifts. And Father, those mothers' hearts, those mothers' hearts that are in grief, leave them now. I speak strength. I speak joy and I speak peace in Jesus' name. There's someone who's got skin condition, discoloration around your ankles and feet, your circulation's bad, all the capillaries aren't working. Anyone? One, two, anyone? Two, a few people moving. Two, maybe three, Lord. Okay, we speak to those capillaries. And I speak perfect circulation, perfect healing over those capillaries, blood flow. That the lymphatics and bloods work perfectly. That discoloration comes under the name Jesus Christ right now and they are healed. The colour comes back in your feet, the circulation, the pins and needles are gone and there is physical signs that you have moved today in Jesus' name. There's someone and it's carer for someone. You are worn out. You have lots of health problems yourself. You're so busy worrying about looking after this other person. You don't have enough time for you. You're a mess. You need healing so you can keep going. The Lord is saying he knows that you're not going to give up. Okay, he knows. You need to know the Lord knows you and your heart so well. He knows you're not going to give up. Isn't that nice knowing God knows that? Um, but... Life would be much easier for you if you weren't, didn't have all these issues. Is that anyone in particular? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you see what they do. They do this. They do the horrible jobs, Lord. They have to suck it up every day. They put themselves on the line. They put their personal needs. And Father, you call this word and I know who you are and I know how much you love them and I ask for healing 
over those people right now. They have stood in faith. They are hearing you, you, but you are hearing their cries. Supernatural move through their tissues, their muscles, whatever ailment it is, whatever infirmity, I speak healing right now that they leave today different. They leave with a new strength, a new renewal in their spirit, that they are well. The last one, someone plagued with anxiety, you can't get on top of it. You feel like an imposter being in church. You hide how you feel. The Lord is saying that is not truth. He is saying he knows you love him and it has nothing to do with the anxiety. So you've been under condemnation thinking because I suffer anxiety, I mustn't be loving him enough. And he's saying that is a lie. He knows you love him. Anxiety, who we're looking at? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Thank you, Lord. I'm only counting out to build faith so people know these are he he has seen you. Father, we just give you glory that you these people have suffered. Anxiety is just horrible, Lord. We ask for mercy. And we ask just a clean sweep right now. You grab that anxiety, you kick it into the pit of hell and it leaves them forever. We mark a line in the sand today that it is gone. Father, I ask that you send angels to be with them to keep those fiery darts of it returning. I speak to all mental health, be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus all confusing thoughts, all tormenting thoughts, I ask that you just come Holy Spirit and push it off people. Push it off them. Their brain is free in Jesus' name. I now speak over every other infirmity, disease and illness that people are standing or sitting for. Father, these are, this, you did not give it to them. You are not a mean God. You are not holding out. And Father, we ask with just even faith like a mustard seed for some. Lord, like the woman that touched the hem of your garment, we just say, yes, Lord, me. Why not me now? Why not me today? I receive it in Jesus' name. I am healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Anyone over any of those categories feel something? Feel something? Feel healing? Great, great, great. Awesome, awesome. Great. Take your seats. That was only phase one. We got five to go. <laughs> we okay? No one's head to the door yet, so this is good. It's a bit different the last year, isn't it? <laughs> That's what happens when a few real touches of the Lord happens. Okay, so I'm expectant by the time we get to the end of the altar call and by the time we get to coffee, I can see people just getting touched everywhere. There are tears, there are tissues, there are all sorts happening. And I'm just expecting people to say, I felt this. We had this all day yesterday. I felt this. This has left me. My hip pain's gone. Just let's start testifying. You know, let's start sharing the words of what's actually happened. Number two, I am free. Why not you? Why not today? Why not now? So it's been speaking to me about people feeling trapped and bound, like they're needing to escape something, almost like trying to escape their life. But there was nowhere that you can turn. You're actually stuck in the situation that you're in. 
There were things from people's past they were reminded of over and over. So even though you come to church and know Jesus, you keep getting this reminding that keeps pulling you back in part of your last life, your old life. Uh, What if that feeling could leave you today and never, ever come back? God's just prompting me to share with you very quickly. When I was in uh, the tent meeting in the Riverland, I gave a word that um, there was someone here who had killed someone. And like I saw Stu just go, <laughs> like I think I'll just head to the car park right now. And uh, that you live in regret every day. And, uh, uh, and I went to move on with the word and God said, go back. And so he added to the word and it had said at the time, um, and you are angry and you don't know why. And it's because you continuously think about your old life. And anyway, we opened the altar and someone in charge of the tent came up and said, I'm the one that killed someone. And he said, I've never told a soul. I said it was a car accident, right? He said, yeah, I killed my best friend in a car accident um, 30 odd years ago. And he said, I think about it every minute of every day. It is with me. And he said, but here's the thing. I woke up this morning and I said, God, I'm so angry and I don't know why. And if you don't show me today why I'm angry, I'm leaving you forever. So he comes up and we just prayed, left, he's on fire. He is just like, he said, it has not come into my thoughts since the tent, months and months free. So you can know the Lord. Sometimes we just get caught up in a bit of our old life. So Psalm 18:16. I want to speak these over. Whatever you are bound in, whatever you are not free from, he reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep water. He feels like they're just in the deepest water, treading water. Psalm 142 verse 7, bring my soul out of prison so that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me for you will deal bountifully with me. Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to prisoners. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Joel 2, 25, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. Psalm 119, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. So we're going to come back. I'm going to do these next five. And if you feel like you're a captive, if you feel like you're not free, we're going to pray all these all in one hit at the end. Your next one. I am filled with joy and peace. So remember, the first one is I am healed. And then we are I am free. I am filled with joy and peace. Why not you? Why not now? Why not today? He's been talking to me about people that just are not in peace. From the time you wake up and even in your sleep, you are not in peace. Most importantly, he's highlighted those that haven't realised that you've actually lost your peace. There's someone right now going, far out, 
I don't know when I lost my peace, but that's what it is. It's been a long time since I had a restful sleep. I have joy and I have peace. We're going to be praying for you that today. Romans 15, 13, I speak over you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 71, 14, but I will keep on hoping for your help. I will praise you more and more. Micah 5, 5, and he will be the source of peace. Psalm 118, 24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 30, 11, you've turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 1 Peter 1, 6, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you've endured many trials for a while. Okay, the next one, I am called. Why not you? Why not today? Why not right now? The next one's about embracing the plan and purpose for your life. Do you understand we all have two calls? Your first call is your personal call to Jesus, to personally have a relationship with him, a life with him that you're going to do life with. Your second call is the plan and purpose, the reason you were created, your commission on your life. Many of you, says the Lord, even though you know him, are unclear of your purpose and are searching for clarity. He's saying this is because your worlds are full. There is no room for him to send you into your area of calling. This isn't about being a famous preacher. Like when I talk about your commission, your calling, it's not about being a TV evangelist. It's moving into the actual purpose that God put you on the planet for. We say all this stuff like, you know, we're all born with a plan and purpose. What is yours and are you in it or are you not hearing what it is? We need to start shifting people into that. Do you know, one day you'll give an account for your life, how much you talk to Jesus, but if you got everything done. Now, he's actually told me to share this with you. Years ago, I'm talking 12, 13 years ago, I had a vision where I was in judgment before God and I was presenting my treasures to him. Now, my treasures were the people who I had shared and led them to Jesus. Now, each of these treasures, there were 17 of them at this stage, and their treasures had all little names on them, Jody and Carol and Davin and Peter. And I could tell you, those people who I know, through me opening my mouth, I'd brought them to the Lord, and I was presenting them. There were 17 of them. That's it. I had nothing else to present to the Lord except that. And I remember crying. And in this vision, I was saying, but Lord, what about all the patients that I've seen that had cancer? And now they don't have cancer anymore because, you know, we gave them pills and they got better. And what about all the patients that couldn't have babies? And we did this and did that. And now they've got babies. They've got children, Lord. And he said, I never told you to do that. You wanted to do that. 
and I let you do that. But I never told you to do that. He told me to do this. So you can be serving and be in the wrong zone. You do not want to get to the end of your life. I was nearly there at 31. You know, I was in a hospital room and Jesus came to me. That was a close call. Okay. And I had not opened any of my parcels that God had for me. I'm starting to do that. You do not want to miss, first of all, your relationship with Jesus, those precious times with him. That's above everything. But you don't want to get this wrong. You want every single thing that he has planned for you and you and you. So, scriptures. Philippians 3, 12, 14. I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press forward toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I speak that over your lives today. We are waking up. We are realigning. What do you want me to do, God? I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to step away from what I'm doing if it's not it, but you've got to put me in the right direction. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us in a, uh, us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Okay, some words specifically. There are people here today you've lost focus on seeking out the plan God has for us. Busyness and life has just got in the way and you've drifted from even dreaming about the future and what God has for you. And sometimes, once again, I didn't know that I didn't know, but hey, I haven't dreamt in a long time. Hey, I actually haven't gone back to God and saying, am I on the right track? Am I where you need me to be? There's someone here who knows they need to study. You've been procrastinating about it. The step you make to commit to it will lead you to the open doors he has for you. But you are not going to get that open door if you don't go and do this next step. So whoever needs to do that study, sorry, you've got to go and start. There's someone here, you're in a completely wrong career right now. You know what you do doesn't fit for you, but you don't know what alternative there is for you. You're fearful of change and doubt you were hearing from God, but you're getting this churning, I'm not in the right job, I need to completely move. You are hearing from God, you are right, it's time to move and ask God where you're moving. There's someone here who has something on their heart for like a community outreach. I see it was like food and cafe and I see people sitting at tables and you're going to them. It's like a ministry and I see this bubbling away in you and uh, the Lord is saying at the moment you think it's an idea but the Lord is saying now. Why not you? It's time now. He says there'll be battles and blockages. You must push through and not give up. It's for kingdom reasons. Okay, so focus. Someone's got to study. Someone's in the wrong career. Someone's got to set up a cafe or do something. Have I got any hands? Is this speaking to people? Wow, Melbourne's going to be the place to eat, isn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so you got those words. We're going to pray over them all at the end. Are we good? Everyone going okay? Okay, next one. We're nearly there. Two to go. I'm redeemed. 
Why not you? Why not today? Why not right now? He takes, he redeems your sins, your mistakes. And what if it just changed from today that you left with that all gone? To be honest, we are in a world of pain. Has everyone watched the news? It is just bad, bad, bad. There's hurt and turmoil and I'm going to say it's just sin. We are in a world sinking in sin. I'm just being honest. We've got all these gurus, all these faiths. We've got all these leaders. We've got all these religions. What do they offer? Self-revelation. They offer peace. They offer rules. They offer regulations. They offer boundaries. They offer free love and freedom. They offer judgment. But there's only one religion that offers the redemption and forgiveness of your sins and a promise of a life when you pass an eternal life with God. And the only way that happens is a declaration with your mouth and a belief in your heart that he is real and he is alive. I'm telling you now, when I died and I was sitting up on that bed head in that hospital and I was looking down over my body, I'm really bold here, it was not Buddha, it was not Muhammad that appeared, it was Jesus Christ. He is real, he is alive. He scared the living daylights out of me, but he is real. Okay, there is, these are other things are lies and we are not part of that. So, some scriptures for you. I am redeemed. Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for me. Galatians 3.13. Psalm 103. God redeems my life from the pit. He crowns me with loving kindness and compassion. Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood. That means what he did on the cross for us. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's graces. By God's grace, you are here in this service today. It is coming to you today. Now, I am redeemed. There's someone here. Your past keeps coming back to you. You're reminded of your history, your old life. You replay things you've done wrong in your mind over and over. You don't feel completely free from life. He wants you to put your sin back at the cross today. You literally need to hand your old life back again and lay it at his feet. And you need to walk away and do a 180. You need to walk in the opposite direction on purpose. Leave that behind and never pick it up again. And lastly, number six, I am loved. And let these words filter over you. I am loved. I'm not talking about love from your husband or your partner or your children. I'm talking the love of Jesus. Why not you? Why not right now, today? You may have already started that journey. You may not have. So maybe a question for you. Do you still feel shame for some of the mistakes you've made? Do you uh, cringe at some of the things that come out of your mouth? 
Do you feel um, a bit guilty about some of the things that you do in private? You know if you're doing them in private, I always have a saying, if you're doing something in the dark, it's probably not a good thing that you're doing. Do you think maybe some of the things you've done wrong could actually never be forgiven? Do you think right now, maybe I'm not a nice person? I actually don't like me. How could anyone else love me right now? Remember, none of this is from me. This is for you guys today. Do you know what? There actually is a time when you have to face all of this. And you actually have to face God. It might not be today. It might not be next week. I was not planning on dying at age 31. I didn't have a funeral plan. Didn't have my super sorted. I wasn't planning on going to a tropical island, getting sick, coming home and dying. Wasn't on the plan for that week. But do you know there is a glorious world, glorious world called the kingdom of God. It is real and we all have access to it. And here's the thing. Our sins and mistakes are taken from us and we have peace with God. But guess what? In return, you get peace with yourself. Who doesn't want that? I just told you the world is sinking in, in sin and dysfunction. And we get the promise of eternal life. Do you know I know, I know that I know that if I didn't get to come back and be with my then husband I met and then with my boys, it was a glorious, glorious life. Today, God wants me to say he loves you. Forget about the person next to you. Forget about everything else around you. This is your hospital moment. I hope you guys never get it. As in that kind of experience. You need to know God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only son up. I can't even comprehend that. My kids get a sniffle and I'm worried about them. Okay, that mother's heart. Imagine the father's heart of giving up his son to take all my mistakes, every foul thought, every stupid thing that's ever come out of my mouth, every mistake I've made. It's been heaps of them. And he sent his son to take those lashings those penalties that should have been for me. He just took them. And then he let his blood be shed that just covered every one of my sins. So when I come before God, he looks away and he doesn't see any of those blemishes anymore. He just sees the way that I was created. He just sees me through Jesus' eyes. It's going to be, Jesus, are we good? Yeah, we're good. I knew her. We chatted lots. We prayed lots. We spent lots of time together. He wants us healed. He's pursuing you today. So I am loved, scriptures, Psalm 119. May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. Isaiah 43, 4, since you are precious and honoured in my sight and because I love you. 
John 3.16, the best one. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So I am loved. Some words, someone here you feel like you've missed out in life. You look at what other people have. You feel like you've not missed out, but you're actually not that important. Even now you're looking at me up here going, God, you'd never use me like that. You're thinking too small. You need to stop it and let God take those bad thoughts and let him put his thoughts about you back in you. There's a young woman here. You feel ugly. Your self-esteem's low. Your heart is heavy. You feel hard done by, hard done by and left out and left behind. You know in your head what God says about you, but your heart and your head are not lined up. I want to be able to pray for you today. And there's someone here that you believe you're being punished for something you did wrong. It's an old mistake you're reminded of and, and you actually believe that the disease and illnesses you have, you actually deserve or it's actually a punishment. That is not truth. He wants to fix that today. So I am a big believer of responding in your heart. I can see people getting touched everywhere. But what I'm going to do, I might get the worship team to come back and join me. We're nearly done. Are we still okay? Okay. So I'm going to get you to stand. Just stand where you are. That's all. If you can't stand, you can stay sitting. That's fine. Doesn't, God doesn't love you any less if you can't stand. So what we're going to do is we are just going to, as an act of faith, put your hand in the air and say, yes, Lord, I'm one of those six. Then I'm responding to any of those prophetic words. I need healing over. I am healed. I am free. I am loved. I am cold. I am filled with love and peace. I am redeemed. Okay, I'm going to pray over you. You guys can gently get started. Father, we give you these areas of our lives to you today. We stand and respond saying, yes, Lord. We repent for getting things wrong, going our own way and not coming back to you in all things. We ask for forgiveness. You know these words, these were your words. And for you to move in these areas in our lives. We ask again for healing over every disease, every illness, every infirmity, every spirit of pharmacia, every ache, every pain, every diagnosis, every addiction that does not line up with your truth and the Word of God. We complain, we claim complete healing. We also claim we are free from every chain that has been binding us from believing these six things. We're filled with love and peace. We are refocused to searching for true plan and true purpose for our lives. But most importantly, we declare today, we are loved, we are redeemed, we are set free, we are loved. We claim all this in Jesus' Name. Now there's one more thing we're going to do. 
is that I'm going to give anyone an opportunity who has, before I do any more prophetic words, if you have never made that decision to say, Jesus, come into my heart. I want a new way. What I'm currently doing isn't working. I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a minute. What does this actually mean? It means I want to leave all my mess behind. I acknowledge all the things I've done wrong. All my hurts and all my wounds, my shame, my disappointments. And you're going to come up and meet me up at the front, at the bottom of the stairs over there. Everyone's going to be singing one song. We're going to do one worship song and I'm going to be waking up, standing up here, down the bottom. You're going to come and I'm going to pray with you. You are going to bring your mess and in, and I'm going to take it. The Lord's going to take it. And in return, you're going to have Jesus in your heart. Don't wait for your hospital room. Don't wait till the trauma. Don't wait till it's a better fit. Don't wait till you're ready to give up. Why not now? Why not today? Why not this very minute? So I'm going to just be down the front for one song. I'm going to pray with anyone who wants Jesus to come into their life. You maybe have never done that before. And uh, then I'm going to be back. We're going to do the last lot of prophetic words and finish the service. We good? Okay, let's just worship over what, what the Holy Spirit is doing in your hearts over all those words. Awesome. You can take your seats. We're nearly done. Three precious, precious people and a child. I love children, praying for children. Beautiful. Well done. It takes courage to get out of your seat and come down. But you know what? Jesus isn't ashamed of us. He's not ashamed of us. I never want to hide it. I'm just like, he's my life. And so I always say, run to the front. Take it with all hands. Fred, well done. Where did Fred go? There he is, my friend. The first in his family. And I just proclaim over him. Your whole family will be in church. The love of Jesus is going to flow through you, Fred. The first, your brothers, your parents, your family will follow because they will see what's happened in your life. Such a pleasure. Okay, we've got a few more words. Okay. There's someone here and... uh, You're wasting a bit of time. The Lord's something for you, but you're not spending enough time with Him. He wants to download things to you. He wants to give you a pattern. He wants to give you the plan. He's got something ready for you. It's like a blueprint of the next part of your life. Whoever you are, just when you come up for prayer, um, hopefully we can give you some more direction. But in your prayer life, He's going to just give you these downloads. You haven't had this in years and it's, it's your next It's the next part that he needs you uh, to uh, move forward in. There's someone here and you think about suicide. It comes to you mainly at night and your dreams can be about it. You wake up with really clear memories and they hang with you all day and it's horrible. Uh, And you just don't want those thoughts anymore. Whoever you are, I'm going to pray with you. There's someone here and you're always criticised and uh, it's getting you down. It seems everywhere you go, whatever you do, you're criticised for what you do and what you say. The problem is now you're becoming negative 
and becoming critical of yourself. The Lord's saying you need a recalibration and things are going to shift for you. We just need to shake those words off you and start again. There's a woman here who's really confused about food. I see that you've tried so many things, diets, eating regimes, you're frustrated and you're actually in despair about it. And you've got some long-term health problems and the Lord is saying it's time to do things simply. Let's not make things complicated. Your answer is something really simple. Now, I don't know what that is. I know that's probably not a lot of a help, but whoever you are in your prayer life, okay, God, show me what is simple. What is it that's going to work for me? I saw a vision um, of the devil laying breadcrumbs out for someone to follow. You know the story of Hansel and Gretel and they followed it. Um, and someone's been following these breadcrumbs and they're falling into sin. And I actually think it's an affair of some kind. Um, and you look back now and you can see all these breadcrumbs and you can see you're like, how did I end up getting suckered into this? This weighs really heavy on you. And I'm not sure where you are with your journey, but this, this condemnation and regret of following these breadcrumbs is actually the issue. It's not so much of where you've ended up. And I really love to pray with you. I see someone with markings on your wrists. Um, it's a bit like cutting uh, and you're just harming yourself. The Lord's seeing you doing it, but he also knows even though you do it to take the pain away in your heart, he also know it actually doesn't help you and it's actually slowly, slowly getting worse. So whoever that is, I want to pray with you. I saw someone, this is very specific, I've never had this before, uh, eye migraines. Um, you get migraines, but light in particular just triggers those migraines even more. I'm going to pray for that. I saw someone with pins and needles in their arms and great inflammation. I saw this big hot spot all around your neck and it's because of the inflammation in your neck you're getting these pins and needles. I saw a heart out of rhythm. It was all fluttery and missing beats and then trying to catch up beats. It made you feel really unusual and no one's been able to fix this or tell you the reason. The Lord is saying your heart is sick, you are tired and worn out and emotionally your heart is labouring as it reflects your life. Your life is all over the place just like your heart beats. I'm going to pray for you. Someone here with loneliness, you have friends and yet you feel lonely and isolated when you are with friends, you are disconnected. You don't really enjoy their company. You put on a brave face, but deep down you feel lonely. And your exact word is, you just feel let down. Someone with distraction, you can't get focused. No matter how hard you try, you cannot stay focused. You daydream and you stop and start things and you never finish anything properly. There's someone here and you struggle with doubt. You know you know Jesus, but you doubt he's going to use you. You don't feel called to anything special and you feel disappointed. A woman with a jaw problem, and this is from sheer stress that you have jammed your jaw and they just no one can fix this jaw problem now. You have neck problems and you also have headaches. I think I spoke to you yesterday. Is that person here? Did she come? Ah, there you are. Hello. 
You good? Good. Okay. A woman who needs to just stop pushing so hard. You are pushing and driving. He is saying, take a break. Take a break. Fall back in love with me. It's been a long time since we've met. You keep yourself busy so you don't have to dig deep and deal with some deep issues. You know you're there and you're trying to ignore them. Today, you're going to wake up and decide to quit a lot of things and realise what you've been doing. There's a spirit of diversion on your life and it's been keeping you held back. So you've been busy, you're kind of avoiding the elephant in the room, but today I'm going to stand with you. We're going to embrace it. We're going to pray for it. Things are going to shift. Nearly there. Someone with panic attacks, they come on suddenly. You actually now worry about having a panic attack. I know that sounds funny. You know who you are. You actually don't want to put yourself in situations because you're worried you're going to panic and get worried. And it's fear packed on top of fear, packed on top of fear, the Lord says. We're just going to break that. I see a vision of a leaking tap slowly dripping. There's a water leak which is draining a reservoir. The Lord is saying it's the words from your mouth that drain you. Slowly things leak from your mouth, words that do not line up with God's Word. Those words you speak out to others and about yourself are drying you out. It's time to stop the leak, realign with what the Bible says, and we're going to pray for it. Uh, There's someone here you need to calm down. You were running on adrenaline. It's having huge effects on your body, your blood pressure, your energy, your mental health. There's some things you have to let go, but then there's going to be a big breakthrough. Uh, There's someone on antidepressants. They make you very tired. You're gaining weight, but you need to be on them. There's an imbalance of hormones in your body, and if you balance them out, you're actually going to feel better. I see someone with some kind of infection through your sinuses and you can't breathe. And there's pressure right through your skull and right through to your ears. There's someone who's gone through a divorce. You've been left really poorly. Your heart is wounded and still resentment comes to the surface. You catch yourself with really spiteful things coming out of your mouth and you know it needs healing, but it actually never fully goes. You hide this from people because you know you shouldn't be thinking it or saying these things. And uh, so you're actually just feeling quite isolated. Nearly there. Uh, I'm hearing the word cyclone. This was a couple of weeks ago. I don't believe it's a literal one, but it's how someone feels about their life. They feel like they've been hit by a cyclone and they haven't recovered and there's mess everywhere and there's just mess, too much mess to clean up. Um, I see you being really faithful, praying and reading and reading your Bible and talking to God. This is a word of encouragement for you. Don't let your guard down now. Things are going to start turning around. So he sees how faithful you've been in the cyclone. There's also a couple here feeling called to the mission field. The Lord is saying now is the time to go. After a while, there will be a blessing of children and you will return home for a season until you will then return again to the mission field. I see you returning when your children are teenagers. He is saying you are hearing what he is saying to you. Now is the biggest step, it's leaving. 
Okay, so I believe it's a young couple feel like they're called before you have kids. You're going to go, but you're going to come back. And then you're going to come and go a bit. Okay, so I'm going to close the meeting. Are we okay? Okay. Awesome, huh? Okay, so lost myself for a minute there. It was so awesome. I just love working with God. It's great. So we-